Podiums, an audio exploration of climbing World Cups from previous years and previous eras. I'm your host, John Bergman. I'm glad you're here. Let's talk some comp climbing. Welcome to another episode of Past Podiums, an episode in which we're going to swerve a little bit, we're going to change things up, and I hope you'll enjoy it. You might have been a little bit surprised when you saw the file name for this episode, saw the event that we're going to cover, so here's a little bit of the logic behind it. It's been a lot of fun to go through the 2000 teens in a sequential order, working on that boulder season like we have, the 2013 season, then the 2014 season, 2015, and finally that 2016 season that we just concluded. Yet it has also occurred to me, increasingly occurred to me, that if we stay in that linear timeline and keep going forward with the 2017 season on the horizon, we'll miss getting to cover a lot of other competitors, maybe people that were out of the confines of that particular boulder circuit. We'll miss getting to explore other eras and certainly other disciplines. And beyond that, the spirit or the ethos of this podcast is to cover previous eras, old eras, past podiums, right? It's the name of, it's the, name of the thing. And if we're talking about approaching, say, the 2017 season, and then seasons beyond that, 2018, 2019, etc., as I sit here and record this today, it's kind of a stretch to call those definitively previous eras. They certainly straddle that line or, or collide a little bit with the present era. So that all played into my thinking that now was a good time to mix things up. Maybe we'll go back to that boulder circuit after this little deviation. Maybe we'll continue in the same mode and manner as before. Or maybe I'll mix it up a little bit. Who knows? That's yet to be decided. But for today, we're going to break from the 21st century and break from that boulder circuit that we've been on. We're going to get in our time machine. We're going to travel back more than three decades back into the past and head all the way back to the World Cup season of 1991 for the women's final round of the Lead World Cup in Birmingham, England. Now, if you'd like to watch this event in full, or at least it's not in full, it's significantly edited and trimmed at parts. The whole thing's only about 26 minutes long in terms of the viewing experience, but someone has uploaded this event, what seems to be a VHS ripped copy of a German TV broadcast of this event. So if you go to YouTube, type in Climbing World Finals Women Birmingham 1991, it should pop up, and big thanks to the uploader of that video, because this is really a, a historical marvel to be able to view this. And this was way back when the World Cups were not organized by the present-day organizers, the IFSC. 
These old World Cups were organized by the UIAA. The IFSC would eventually evolve as basically a branch and then a separate offshoot of the UIAA. So it's it's technically it's it's the same lineage or the same heritage. But for now, speaking of history, back in the early 1990s, these are still under the UIAA. And there's a bit of a discrepancy about the date for this particular one in Birmingham. The IFSC's official website under the calendar tab lists the date for this final round as December 5th, 1991. That is certainly possible, but that seems a bit peculiar to me because that would have been a Thursday, and that'd be an odd or at least a very rare night for a World Cup final round. Other sources and some reportage that I've found of this event lists the final round as December 8th, which seems to be more likely that would have been a Sunday night. I don't know. Unless we can someday track down a poster or an old program from this actual event, we might never know. So there is a little bit of a question mark, a little bit of wiggle room for the exact day that we're in, somewhere between there, December 5th and December 8th, 1991. Regardless, for this final round, women's lead division, we are in the National Indoor Arena in Birmingham, England, a venue that the National Indoor Arena is still around, actually. It's just by a different name. And it had actually just opened this year, 1991. I looked up the maximum capacity of the place, and again, there's some discrepancy. Some sources say that the venue holds 12,000 people. Other sources say it's, it can hold more than 15,000 people. So some question marks are there, too. It is a nice big venue. Looks really good. So, let's get into it. Let's go there for this women's final round. Fire up that old VHS in 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 the YouTube way. Here we go. start off on the VHS, on the broadcast, with a nice tight shot of what seems to be an EP hexagon insert hold, which were really common back in the early 1990s. Perhaps you've seen them if you've been to a gym that was around in the mid-90s or even the early 90s, and they, they still have some holds. You might have seen the EP hexagons. There were really only a few companies that were even making artificial, quote-unquote, climbing holds at the time here in the early 90s, EP being one of the big brands. So we see that climbing hold. We see a crowd, big crowd shot. We get some on-screen graphics, good early 90s graphics. And then we see the climbing wall itself. It is a beautiful, towering wall. There's beige, wood-colored paneling. And then, this is a real treat, we get an interview with the chief route setter of this event, who was Chris Gore, a British climber, very accomplished British climber. And so he's speaking English. Now, it, 
it's hard to hear him, to hear what he's saying over the commentary voiceover, which, as we said, is not in English. But if you listen really closely and kind of try to get what Chris is saying in between the, the voiceover, we hear that Chris says the women's route will seek to find the most powerful climber. That phrase, powerful climber, we were able to hear that. And so with that, we then get a big shot of a pair of stacked roof features really high up on the wall just like one roof right after right above another roof and the women will presumably have to get up and over those roof sections and and that will be the power element that Chris Gore just spoke about the broadcast then cuts to a shot of some of the women the finalists staring up the wall with their binoculars they're scoping out the route and then the climbing begins, so we are never presented with all the finalists on this broadcast, but I'll riff them off here. There are six of them. The six finalists are Susie Good of Switzerland, Nanette Rebeau of France, Isabelle Patissier of France, Anna Ibanez Tudoras of Spain, Vera Tresneva of the USSR at the time, and Robin Urbisfield of the USA. So Anna Ibanez is up first. She comes out and the screen tells us that she's 24 years old. She starts climbing on some of those hexagon inserts. And you, you, you'll notice here, the, the climbing wall is pretty barren, especially by today's standards. But I think even back for this era, it's, it still looks pretty barren. There's a lot of those in-cut insert holds. There are no volumes to be found anywhere, no brightly colored holds of any sort it's it's fun to see we're definitely in a bygone era here so anna she ascends straight up the wall for a while we see her crimping really hard on some of those inserts higher up we get some edge holds she's able to kind of sink her fingers into some pretty deep on top of some some holds up there and then the wall starts to curve, kind of slope into more of an overhang. There's some good split screen work going on here. With We get an upward angle looking up at Anna along with an angle that's more head-on. So just fairly solid camera work or production work, little production flourishes considering that <laughs> this was so long ago. Ultimately, Anna climbs well, but she falls right when she's at the lip of one of those roof sections. She tries to dyno for the next hold. She can't do it. So that's the end of Anna's attempt. Next up is Susie Good of Switzerland, 25 years old at the time. She had already been on the podium a couple of times during this 1991 season. I, sh I didn't mention this at the introduction, but I should say this event in Birmingham was the last stop on the 1991 lead World Cup season. And Susie Good, she had a couple of bronze medals. She had, she had a gold medal, too, from earlier in, in this year. So she was definitely one of the big names at this event and certainly one of the big names in this time period. Sadly, this is where we get some of those edits. We, we don't see a lot of Susie's climb. We don't see as much of her climb as we did for Anna. But we do get to see her go over the cruxy lip of that roof and onto the headwall. So we know she has bested Anna's high, high point. And then Susie Good keeps going. 
She tops the route. Crowd goes wild. So already we have a top in this women's final round. Next up, Nanette Rebeau, who was 31 years old here. She was ranked fourth in the world at the time, and she also had already a couple of podium appearances here in 1991, including a gold medal. So she is another big name. I, I feel like most of the women in this finals field should be considered big names. I mean, Susie Good, Robin Herbisfield, Nanette Rebeau, these are legends. Uh, so Nanette, she starts climbing. We get some cutaways here to other competitors, or at least Robin Herbisfield, who is stretching in the back. And I wrote down in my notes, this is a really nice cutaway because I think while Nanette Rebeau is climbing, showing a shot of Robin Herbisfield, it, it kind of helps build a sense of rivalry, friendly rivalry, competitor versus another competitor. So again, good production touch here. Nanette Rebeau gets up to the lip. She uses a nice heel hook to, to help her get over the first roof lip. There's a Again, a great camera shot here. Another good production aspect. Great camera shot. She's Nanette has these this bright green stripe on her her black tights, so it's it's just really vivid. And she's just hanging there, chilling in that heel hook position at the roof. Great angle. But she falls shooting up the lip of that second roof section, trying to launch onto the head wall. So. That's it for Nanette Rebo. She actually falls with the same score as Anna at uh, 15.52 meters. That's the height that they both reached. Next up, Robin Herbisfield. 28 years old at the time. She was American, of course, but she was living in Toulouse, France during this period. She was definitely one of the biggest names on the World Cup circuit and would remain a I mean, just a superstar for the next several years, number of years. She was kind of, at this period though, kind of locked in a frequent battle on the walls or on the podiums with Isabel Patissier. And so we'll see Isabel Patissier in just a moment. But first, Robin Herbisfield, she starts climbing. She cruises through the lower sections of the route. She's framed by the bright ceiling lights. Good stuff. She also heel hooks her way over the lips. Eventually, she gets onto the head wall and she tops the route. Crowd goes wild again. Another top. So, already, we're, tops are starting to stack up here. Next up is who we just mentioned, Isabelle Patissier of France. She was ranked first in the world at this time. She was 24 years old. She cruises up this route too. Just total fluid climber and tops it as well. So maybe the route was a little undercooked. It's now been topped by three women so far. There is another unfortunate cut in the broadcast here because we don't see Venera Tereshneva climb. We don't even see her attempt anything. So it's too bad we missed out on that. Although it, it does look like in my research, she fell at the same spot that Anna and Nanette fell. So she kind of tied their, the, a three-way tie for that score there. But 
Speaking of three-way ties, since there is a three-way tie at the leaderboard with those three tops, we go into a super final round between Isabel Patissier, Robin Herbisfield, and Susie Good, all of whom topped that route. Isabel Patissier, she climbs first. It's a, it's a different route, slightly different route, but again, there are more of those in-cut holds, a lot of crimps. Ultimately, Isabel Patissier falls while launching for just a little tiny nugget of a hold. Robin Herbisfield comes out and climbs next. We we don't really see where Robin falls. The camera doesn't quite catch it. We see her hand, and then it kind of falls out of frame, and then the camera tries to catch her, but all we really see is, is her swinging on the rope. Doesn't seem like Robin grasped whatever it was she was launching for. It seems like, judging by how her hand just pops off the wall, it seems like just that. She just kind of... She just kind of came off the wall suddenly. Finally then, Susie Good comes out. She climbs, and she falls while launching for a hold. Again, it's hard to tell where Susie is on the wall or where she was when she fell in relation to where the other competitors got, Robin Herbisfield and Isabelle Patissier. However, I looked into my stack of old magazines on the bookshelf. I did find a recap of this Birmingham event in a back issue of Climbing Magazine that proved to be hugely helpful in just helping suss out what exactly happened here. So this article, this piece in the magazine was written by Shelley Presson, who actually competed in earlier rounds of this event in Birmingham and placed 19th. So she was present there. So I'll grab it. This is from the February-March 1992 issue of Climbing Magazine, by the way. And Shelley's article reads, The course setters changed some keyholds to set the women's super final. Patissier had had more of a tussle with the final route than the other women, but the super final looked to be her style, slightly overhanging with small holds and excruciatingly technical moves. At the second bolt, the cranking begin, began. Barely hesitating, she sussed the sequences and climbed beautifully to about three-quarters height. Herbersfeld reached the crux at the second bolt, hung out for a bit, figuring out the sequence, and gave it a shot. She fell without touching the hold that she had decided to pop for and was clearly disappointed. At the same place, Good tentatively tried a few sequences and finally, tiring, popped for the same hold Herbersfeld had missed. She touched but couldn't latch it which was enough to bump Herbisfield to third. So that is what happened. Isabel Patissier climbed highest. Robin Herbisfield and Susie Good were at the same spot when they fell, but Susie Good touched the next hold. It sounds like just kind of her fingertips glancingly touched it. So with that, Susie gets slightly higher score, basically the equivalent of a plus in modern day IFSC World Cup scoring. So just to make it official, that means the podium for this 1991 Birmingham World Cup was Isabelle Patissier of France, gold medal, Susie Good of Switzerland, silver medal, and Robin Herbisfield of the USA, bronze medal. And that'll do it for 1991 from Birmingham, at least the women's division from Birmingham. 
and from the National Indoor Arena. It's always fun to go back to the 90s. I don't know if we'll stay in the 90s. Maybe we'll head back to the 2000s. I'll think of something. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this little twist in the timeline. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon on Past Podium. Real quick before we get out of here, thanks to Audio Coffee, 238-43807, and Alexi Action for doing the music. And if you'd like to go back and watch this women's final and super final round that we just talked about, as said, hop over to YouTube and search for Climbing World Cup Finals Women Birmingham 1991. See you next time.